Hello and welcome back to episode 10 of the Double Cross Podcast. I am DJ Cadden and I'm joined by my co-host Ryan Haley. Ryan, how you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm still in the swing of football season. Uh, Eagles keep making it through. Um, my, yeah, we don't, my we, don't Pat, need to, we don't need to talk about much football. Listen, man, Eagles <laughs> made it through. My boy Pat made it through. That's all I care about. That's I just wanted to get it off my chest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, it's 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 been a good. It's, it was a good week of both football and golf. Uh, it was surprisingly not. I don't want to say surprisingly, but very good Amex. American Express this past week at uh out west in California. Um very, very good tournament. Sneaky good tournament. Yes. And had the potential to be better. Davis Thompson, I forget what hole it was, but had a ridiculously long putt. Seventeen. Birdie. Seventeen. The seventy first hole. The seventy first hole of the tournament. Davis Thompson, PGA tour rookie, in the final group with John Rahm. Major champion, former number one in the world, current number three in the world, won his last start. John Rahm's leading him by one. Davis Thompson is like a 60-footer to tie him. Leaves the flagstick in and hits the flagstick and the ball pops off. And Just, if that flagstick isn't in, it's in the hole. It's going to – it, right, it was almost dead center. Yeah, no, and it wasn't like – it wasn't like he powered it through that like the flagstick saved him from going off the green. That was like decent speed for a putt that length. And it just careams off the flag stick, like dead center, right in the heart. Oh, it's brutal. And you could tell that he knew it too. Because it cut back. And like, I don't have a specific example of this in mind, but for a sport that is typically fairly reserved, some golfers can get a little bit theatrical with their reactions to misses. That was pure, like, Davis felt every inch of that putt not yeah. going in. It cuts back to him. And the camera doesn't see him do it, but it cuts back to him with his face in his hands and the putter like two feet away from him on the green. And I don't fully know how he got there or got that far away from his club, but I'm sure it didn't feel good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, we kind of jumped the gun. I wanted to talk about Ron before we talked about Davis, but now we're talking about Davis. So, yeah, I mean, I guess <clears> – <throat> I guess we can talk about Davis before we talk about Rom if you want to, but I mean I think I think Rom leads better in the Tory anyway. So I do want to throw in while we're here, uh just a unreal performance from Ryan's fantasy team this week. Had first, second, and uh Tom Kim who got tied for sixth. So just a, a dominant performance from Ryan's fantasy team. Uh don't forget uh uh, oh. I did get Scotty Scheffler tie 11. You did get Scotty Scheffler tied 11. I th- I thought I had Taylor Montgomery, but I had Hayden Buckley. Thank God um, you didn't have Taylor Montgomery. Oh, God. Dude, man, I, I thought about it, too. Um, For those who haven't been uh, listening so far or weren't there for our draft episode, first of all, go back and watch the draft episode. What are you doing? It's like three episodes ago. Come on. Um, But uh, our team, we did a draft. We had player tier systems based on their world ranking and FedEx Cup performance from the previous year. Uh, I have Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Sungjae Im, Sahit Tagala, Davis Riley, Tom Kim, Wyndham Clark, Hayden Buckley, Justin Sun, Davis Thompson. DJ has Scotty Scheffler, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Young, Sam Burns, Taylor Pendrith, Russell Henley, Daniel Berger, Joel Dahman, Brandon Matthews, and Brian Stewart. I will say, DJ, I don't care how big my lead is this early. You got big name hunters at the top of your team. 
I am afraid. I, I do, but you are on an absolute heater right now. I I did text you on Sunday night. Are we sure John Rahm will lose a tournament in 2023? Uh, and that's that's sure the stage that we're at in golf. Um, I already I already committed to talking about Davis first. We're gonna talk about Davis first, but I got a lot of Rahm to get into. Um, but yeah, I wanted to give props to Davis. Um, five Eagles in his first two rounds. Can we talk about Thursday coming out going seven under through the first six holes? I think he was like ten under through twelve. That's absurd. <laughs> and he made more eagles on Friday. I'm pretty sure. I mean, making that many eagles and not winning the tournament is yeah insane. That, but that was the main thing I wanted to point out. I was trying to find like the round by round leaderboard because I didn't have it up in front of me. But Davis Thompson shoots a 62 on Thursday. With two eagles, uh, a sixty-four on Friday with three eagles, goes sixty-seven, sixty-nine over the weekend to finish at twenty-six under and doesn't win. Absurd. He shot sixty-two on Thursday and played the rest of the week in I uh, and the the par is weird at this course. Hold on, or these courses. Hold on. I gotta do a little mental math real quick. Yeah, he shot. Yeah, he shot 62 on Thursday, 10 under, was 16 under the next three rounds <laughs> and didn't win. That's that's like the most like gut-wrenching second place. Also, uh uh not that I don't think a tied third really does him any good. Um but if we're uh playing the same game with anybody, uh Xander Shoffley made 21 birdies and three eagles this week and finished third. I uh, know 21 birdies, two eagles, and an albatross and finished third. <laughs> this course, the, I mean, albatross, players all, the albatross wasn't even it wasn't even the line he wanted to take. And it's I, just, I'm yeah, Xander will never say that publicly. I'm I'm convinced he pushed that. <laughs> I mean, oh, well, he said he said it wasn't the line he wanted. Yeah, well, I mean, that was also like talking about on the broadcast. Like, if that goes an inch shorter, it's like wet. <laughs> so, but he like landed it perfectly into the upslope, rolls up, trickles in. Um, but yeah, I mean, Davis Thompson. If we're going to talk about him before Rom. Um, this guy was the number one amateur in the college ranks, at least. I don't know if he ever reached number one in the world amateur golf rankings, but he was the number one like guy that was playing in the NCAA for a decent while was the top guy on a stacked Georgia team that has probably been the best program of the 21st century by a decent margin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he's bit, he's the new Georgia guy. Like that is the mantle that he's got to carry uh, following guys like Bubba, Brian Harmon, um, Harris English, all the guys that that program has produced. And he was in the final round with John Rahm on Sunday tied for the lead and made one bogey and no bogeys on the back nine. Like I know it's a hard, I know it's an, I know it's not a hard course by their standards. I know it's not asking much to go one under on the back nine at PGA West, but John Rahm was one under on the back nine. Like Davis didn't blink. And I think it always, to me, We've talked about this extensively with Will Zalatoris and a couple other guys that we really like. Um, 
it's so important to guys in a sport that is as mental as golf. It's so important to guys when their first experiences in crunch time aren't disastrous. And yes, Davis Thompson did not win this golf tournament, but he nearly beat John Rahm and he got a taste for competition and didn't wilt. And I think having a moment like this, forgetting that this isn't a designated event and forgetting that this was opposite of football playoff weekend, Davis Thompson pl played a top five player in the world and nearly beat him by shooting an under par round. That's massive for a guy that age. And I think having a positive, getting positive feedback your first time in that situation, typically that snowballs for guys of that talent level. Um, We saw it with Cam Young at Riviera last year. That was the first time he'd really contended, contended. And he didn't really ever scare. Um, uh, Joaquin won last mm -hmm. year. He didn't really ever scare Joaquin. But he performed very admirably and got about as close as you could with the with the week that Joaquin was having, and so and then Cam Young had like what five runner ups, including two yeah. majors the rest of the year, like that that can really snowball when you already have the talent and you already have the confidence and you see yourself do it that early, and that's what I'm really excited for for Davis Thompson. Yeah, I mean you you said everything. I mean it's a guy that we knew had the talent was dominant in college, won multiple events in college, won multiple events as an amateur, was a SEC player of the year, first team All-American. I think he won a, a, a amateur, junior amateur uh, player of the year. So he's been a star for as long as we know. And first year on the PGA Tour, he's seven events in. He has a runner-up where he went with probably the – went went toe-to-toe toe -to -toe with probably the best player in the world right now, at worst, yeah. probably the third best player in the world right now. I would at worst second. Like yeah, I don't. I mean, he and Rory are like picking children right now. Yeah. They're both so good. Yeah, it, it's seven events in, he has he went toe to toe, toe to toe with John Rom. Has another top ten and another top fifteen. Like you said, a performance like this can snowball, and I think it will for for a guy like Davis Thompson. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's one of the rookies at the end of the year. We're talking about that has a win that can make it all the way to East Lake. It wouldn't surprise me at all. You know what I think is the most impressive part about the start Davis, Davis Thompson's having of this season? So, so far this year, Davis Thompson has finished 9th, 67th, 12th, 43rd, missed a cut at the RSM, 54th, and then 2nd. So three top 12s in his first seven starts as a, like a full-fledged PGA Tour member. Um. He's 148th in strokes gained putting and 122nd in strokes gained around the green. <laughs> this is not fluky. The dude stripes the crap out of the ball. Yeah. He's gaining 0. 0.569 strokes per round off the tee. That's that, absurd. That's absurd. That's top five. That's not like – it's not Rory and Rom, but it's tier two. Like, it's Cam mm -hmm. Young. It, it's it's good. Um it this is such a sustainable way to play in this era of the PGA tour. Um the ceiling just feels so so high. Yeah, I mean it has to be I, I know we did. I don't did we pick our rookie of the years? We did, didn't we? We did. Yes. I don't I, I know who, I don't remember who you picked. 
I know I had Brandon Matthews because that's my guy, but I think I picked Davis because he was the last. I think he was also the last pick on my team, but I want to double check that. I either, I either picked. Him I know he was the last pick. I don't remember. I, I, think, I don't remember hundred percent your rookie of the year, but I, I think I, we both doubled. I think we both doubled down. I either picked. I have three people in my mind. I have to re-listen to the episode. I'm sorry. I um. We should have written this down. Um, yes. My we we each picked two people from the Corn Ferry Tour on our teams. I had Justin Suh and Davis Thompson. I either picked one of them or Taylor Montgomery because those were the three guys that were rattling around in my head. And knowing how well Taylor Montgomery and Davis Thompson have played so far, I probably picked Justin Suh. But I I don't know. I mean, Davis feels like the runaway leader in the clubhouse right now. Although I say that. I mean, Taylor Montgomery, dude. Unreal. Who I want to, he finished fifth. Uh, Did I know you we see we talked- what? Uh, who was it? Hold on, let me go find. Uh, while you're looking for that, did you see his uh, club drop on 17 on Sunday? Because that was so. sick. He flung the like the club was like eight feet behind him by the time the ball apexed. That was so sick. He was <laughs> one back on the 71st hole of a PGA Tour event and legitimately shanked it on an island green. That's so, so that's golf tweeted out. Oh. That golf tweeted out. Um, his strokes game putting through. Oh. He, he, um, so far and like what pace he's on, and it is. Um, it's it. Obviously, he's not gonna keep this pace, but if he keeps his pace, he'll gain the most strokes putting out of anybody ever. So he's just putting. Yep. He's gained, I think, what forty nine and a half. Yeah, forty nine and a half strokes putting already, which is just absurd. Yep. Those are definitely um, the two guys in the running for oh yeah right now, and they're blowing everybody out of the water. I, I think we talk about this every single time we bring up Taylor Montgomery, but I'm gonna do it again. Uh, Taylor Montgomery missed back to back cuts last uh, last June and July at the U.S. Open and then the Ascendant, which is an event of the Corn Ferry Tour. Since July twenty fourth was the final round of the Price Cutter Charity Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour. Since then, Taylor Montgomery, tied second, tied third, tied fourth, tied ninth, third, tied ninth, tied 15th, tied 13th, tied 10th, tied 57th, tied 15th, tied 12th, fifth. So he's had one finish outside the top 15? He has one, yes. One finish outside the top 15, uh, five top fives, and no missed cuts. Since last July, that's that's just that's stupid, mind numbing. Well, it's while like, we're while, while we're talking about it, face off. While uh, we're talking uh, about it, I'll pose the question: Who gets the win first, Davis Thompson or Taylor Montgomery? I his, the way that I like betting on golfers, uh, and this is going to be a tell for me. I'm a I'm a nerd. Um, Ball striking is always more sustainable. And what Taylor Montgomery is doing on the greens is incredible, but I'm always going to bet on the guy that gains half a stroke around off the tee because he's going to gain mm-hmm. half a stroke around everywhere. So if you're asking me like who I think will have the better season, I think it's a toss-up. If you're asking me, gun to my head, who is going to be the best golfer on tour for a week first, it's probably going to be Davis because I think yeah. he has a higher ceiling with his play style. I, I see that argument. I'm going to go with Taylor Montgomery just because he's playing so well right now. I mean, yeah. you said it one finish outside the top 15 since July. 
at some point you just feel like it has to culminate in a win. He was leading for a while at the Sony. Yeah. So Taylor Montgomery's been bucking his head. There's not really a wrong answer except for the one that I probably just said. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're looking for a disparity, Data Golf has their own world rankings. Uh, Taylor Montgomery's 52nd in the OWGR. He's 20th in the official world golf rankings. Or in the Data World Golf rankings, I'm sorry. So <laughs> Taylor Montgomery, uh, according to Data Golf, is a top 20 player in the world. And he's probably going to be there as a official world golf ranking player very, very soon. Definitely. Speaking of data golf rankings, John Rahm usurped Rory McIlroy this week as data golf's number one player on the planet. Um, Should have in the OWGR too. I don't disagree, but let me find the number that I was trying to look at. Uh, for what it's worth, the gap between Rory and third, which is Scotty Scheffler, is three tenths of a stroke around that is bigger than the gap between Scotty and Patrick Cantlay in sixth. So those two are up ahead of the field. Yeah. It is there are two thoroughbreds in golf right now. I know we have a long way to go until major season, but there are there are two thoroughbreds in golf right now on a round by round basis. Um but let me find the numbers that I was looking for for John Rom. If they have him. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I gotta find it here. I thought I, I thought uh I thought Data Golf and uh the official World Golf rankings had like his round scores, but I had to go to the PGA Tour website. But John Rom's rounds on the PGA Tour, which Keep in mind, does not count his two wins on the DP World Tour at the end of the year last year. But John Rahm's rounds on the PGA Tour this season in his three main events. I'm not counting the hero. So he has the CJ Cup in South Carolina in October, the Century and the American Express. 69, 62, 70, 69, 64, 71, 67, 63, 64, 64, 65, 68. That is that's two rounds. Stupid. That's two rounds in the 70s and two rounds of 63 or lower out of 12 rounds. He's like a combined, like almost 70 under through the four events this year, right? Uh, he is 54 under in his eight rounds since January 1st. That's ridiculous. So yes, it is. Yeah, and four events this year. If you're counting the Hero World Challenge, if you're not, if you're not counting the Hero World Challenge, he's fifty-eight under or sixty-eight under in three events. He's averaging six point seven five strokes under par around <laughs> in his last two events. Like that is on a par, so like a par seventy-two rolling average. He's averaging 65.25 strokes per round over eight rounds. That's he's like the my best eyes the are world. glazing over. Yeah, no, and this doesn't even count the fact that he won uh the DP World Tour Championship uh in the end of at the end of 2022. He won the Open de España at the end of 2022. Um and his rounds to the DP World Tour Championship. 70, 66, 65, 67. Um at the Open Day of Spania, if I can pull it up real fast. 
64, 68, 65, 62. John Rahm, since he teed off at the Open Day España, which was the first weekend of October, he has as many rounds of 63 or lower as he has rounds of 70 or higher. That's He hasn't shot higher than 71. You know, maybe there's something to the idea that in December when he won the D2 World Tour Championship, John Robb is like, rumors of my bad season have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah. Because he was very adamant. I don't want to say upset, but he was very adamant that 2022 was a better season than we were giving him credit for. And that he was much closer. He did. And we, we talked about this like two weeks ago. I think we talked about this in our, like, 2023, who's going to win all the majors? We were like, yo, John Robb has won three times in the last, like, six months. And now he's won five. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we uh, we should have caught that a lot sooner. Because uh, maybe this dude is just really, really good at golf. Yeah, I think he's the best at golf. I think he might right be now. the best at golf. He He's absolutely the most well-rounded golfer on the planet. I think if you oh, consider yeah. all four aspects of the game um, – I think he is the most well-rounded golfer on the planet. Um, every uh, just while we're on the topic of John Rom, every putt John Rom misses is by an inch. Yeah, no, he's putting out of his <laughs> mind right now. He's and th- that was really it was his putting in his short game in the middle of last year during the majors that really let him down. Um, yeah, so. John Rahm is on a different level from everybody else on the planet right now. Um, Still third in the official world golf rankings, which I think we both agree highlights a problem with the official world golf rankings that we'd probably need an entire separate podcast to really dive into. Um, It counts the last two years as a rolling average, not the last two months when the last two months are probably a better indication with like, it probably needs to be weighted more heavily towards recent form. Because a guy should not be able to shoot 54 under in eight rounds in the PGA Tour and be third mm-hmm. in the world. He has a chance this week, if he wins the Farmers, to usurp he, Rory as, as world number one. Um, he has other ways to do it, too. But w- if he wins, he's number one no matter what. Yeah, if he wins, he's number one no matter what. Um, let me find the tweet. I think he can finish as low as like a mid a multiple tie for fourth. He can finish as low as solo third. Solo third. Okay. He can finish as low as solo third and usurp Rory as number one in the world. Um, So, yeah, let me just – let's start here. Uh, John Rahm has won his last two events on the PGA Tour. He has won four of his last six starts worldwide. And he's now returning to a course that he won his first major on. And he's won multiple PGA Tour events at. DJ. If I held a gun to your head right now and said you need to pick between John Robb or the field this week at Tory, who you, are you picking? Do you know who the second best course fit for Tory Pines is? Is it John Robb? It's John Robb. That I'm makes sense because he, he wins Rahm, there all 100%. the time. He wins there all the time. That yeah, you makes said one total is, one, sense. Won his first major here, has won this tournament before. I'm going John Robb. I, I might – Actually, throw some money down on it, but I am going John Rom this week. I, he's just playing too good. It, 
for legal purposes. You never DJ want to does. pick a guy to win three times in a row, but for legal purposes, DJ lives in a state with valid sports betting. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Just to, just to establish, <laughs> we we do not violate yeah. the law on this podcast, yeah. nor do we advocate for it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I am s- going John Rom to win this event. Yeah. Um. Man, I'm, I'm you put me in such a hard spot because picking John Rom goes against everything I believe in as a person. Because I just, I am the king of streaks are going to end eventually. A guy probably not going to win three times in a row. Like, it's never chalk, yada, yada, yada. Mm. Uh, Data Golf's uh, pre, uh, pre-tournament prediction model, um, it gives, if you're not a scratch member, which I am not, it spits out its top five players in the field in terms of percent chance to win. Justin Thomas is fifth at 5.2%. Will Zalatoris is fourth at 5.4%. Tony Finau is third at 7.6%. And Xander Shoffley is second at 8.4%. DJ, if you haven't cheated by now, do you want to guess what John Robb's percent chance to win is? I was actually if, looking for that tool, but I couldn't find it. Okay, good. Because, um, I, again, Xander is second at 8.4%, which is already like the third or fourth highest total I've ever seen on this website. Eight point four is like I'm gonna say like like twelve or thirteen percent. So eight point around eight or nine percent is typically what Rom and Rory are at majors. For the record, uh, John Rom is sixteen point four percent. That's got to be one of the <laughs> highest ever, right? I I've never seen anything higher than thirteen. I think Rory at the Open last year was like twelve and a half. Which I don't want. I, I've already mentioned that tournament more than I ever plan to ever again. But <laughs> that, like, that is staggering. So sixteen point four percent. Man, um, I can't pick John Rob. I got to take. He has field. over a 50-50 chance, according to Data Golf, has over a 50-50 chance to finish in the top ten. Fifty-seven point six. That's what. <laughs> that's much more than a coin flip. Yeah. Um, I can't pick John Rob. I can't pick a guy to win three times in a row. Um, especially three straight week or three out of four weeks. That's so, you got to be so gassed, uh, especially with how competitive. Um, coming from way behind the way he did against Colin Morikawa, and then having to hold off Davis Thompson for the entire day, I just I you got to be so gassed. I mean, he might be riding a heater. Um, I've criticized John Rom in the past. Um, it's really funny because all the team sports that I consume, I'm very much a wins or not an are an individual are not an individual stat person. And in golf, I still swear by strokes gained, but like it's an individual sport. You got to win sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I've criticized John Rom on like, hey, this guy is really really great, but like you really should win more. And I think he's trying to make up for all of that by March. <laughs> so yeah. maybe he wins again. He probably will. Um, but no, so you are uh this rounds into our picks for the week, which is gonna be our last segment of the podcast. You are picking John Rom, right? John Rom, hundred percent. Give it to me. Uh while we're okay. here though, I will say best course fit according to Denegal, my guy, Brandon Matthews, but I am going John Rom. That makes sense because I uh, uh, I'm gonna criticize Tory Pines if I stay here any longer. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but that makes sense because Tory Pines just demands that you hit the ball really, really far. And then gouge it out of the rough on a bunch of par fours that all look alike. Um, anywho, uh, you know, I'm going to pick 
another heavyweight that I think is going to get the year off to a really good start. And I think if this guy wins, I think the golf world is going to get really, really excited for what's coming up in 2023. Give me Justin Thomas. Mm. I think this is the kind of golf course that he was really, really good at when he was younger in terms of like long, straight, kind of uncreative, hit the ball high and far and go nuts from there. Um, when he won the BG, the BMW championship in that one like really, really wet year, I think that was 2018. I think that was like the culmination of everyone being like, okay, he just won a Firestone. Now he wins here. Like this is the kind of golf JT is just good at. And since then, to his credit, he's gotten a lot better at kind of becoming a shot shaper and a big game hunter. Um, but this is the kind of golf course that young JT was really, really good at. He's also a really good course fit. hits the ball really, really long. And I'm kind of picking this as a little bit of a homer pick because I think that we, I think the golf world would really, really kind of get stewing if John Rahm wins two in a row and then JT wins the week after. Like, that would be such a great setup, especially like less than three weeks from the Netflix pod. Yeah. Which we got to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, three of the or two of the top five golfers on the planet. Uh, I'm not looking at an OWGR to check that. I don't need numbers to tell me that JT is a top five player on the planet. Um, but two of the top five players on the planet winning the first uh, or three of the first four count, uh, events in the 2023 calendar year would be perfect, perfect, perfect start to the year. Um, that'll be it for our week, our picks this week. DJ's going John Rom. I'm picking Justin Thomas. Fairly chalky from both of us. Of course, loyal listeners will remember the last time that we went chalk. We picked the top two names on the board at the Sony Open. DJ picked Tom, Tom Kim. I picked Sun J.M. They both missed the cut. So let's hope for a little better luck this time around. Yeah. Um, as we look forward to a great week and Torrey Pines in La Jolla, California. Uh, I've been Ryan. I've been DJ. Well, thank you all for thank listening. You, thank you for listening to the Double Cross. We will see you all later in the week. <laughs>